Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm excited that you're listening this morning. This week, we're going to take a little bit of a detour. As I begin the show, I wanted to start with a plea for tolerance. This show will be one where many people might be tempted to react with vitriol, animosity, hate. And I want to ask you right now, before we go any further, just to begin the show with a tolerant and loving perspective and an open mind to hear all that we share. Today I'm going to be interviewing Brady Cohn, who came out of the homosexual lifestyle, and he's going to talk a little bit about his story, about all that God has done in his life, and about his current ministry. Welcome to The God Solution, Brady. I thank you, Nate. It is a huge privilege to be here this morning. Well, tell me a little bit about your ministry. Yeah, well, after the last five years of doing college ministry on college campuses in Nebraska, I am now doing ministry to the homosexual community. I do a lot of speaking in churches, trying to educate them on how they can respond to homosexual issues and how to love people well and reach out to people. I do a lot of one-on-one discipleship, so uh, just meeting with guys who struggle with homosexual issues and same-sex attractions, helping them through that and helping them figure out how they can do life and be a Christian and love Jesus in the midst of the struggles that they have. So why did you choose this type of ministry? I'll be sharing in a few minutes my story, which involves living the homosexual lifestyle and struggling with same-sex attraction. It's an area where God has really worked in my life, and he's done so much healing and redemption. that I just see so many broken people who need that same type of healing and redemption that I've had in my life. And what was your ministry called again for our audience? Freedom Mission International. So I know this is a hot topic, and no doubt a lot of people in the audience might have different opinions on this or probably already wondering what in the world is going on and what might you say. Are you one of those bigots that really hates people, all that kind of stuff? No, I hope that everybody can see in my message just love and compassion. That's why I share my testimony, because I hope through my story people can see just God's love and compassion. And that's why I do this ministry, because I want to share that love and compassion with other people. So why don't we hear your story and how you got to where you're at today? My story begins in central rural Nebraska. That's where I grew up. I grew up on a farm and a ranch there. I grew up with my mom and my older brother and my two older sisters. We lived in a very small town. We went to church on Sunday mornings, and we prayed before our meals. I believe that it was kind of like a lot of small-town Christians where your faith is a lot about your image. Everybody knows everybody, and you want to put on this good image for people. And so we did all that. We went to church on Sundays, and we prayed before our meals, and we did kind of all the Christian things. It was very conservative, rural churches. I knew who Jesus was. I knew that I needed a Savior from a very young age, and I'm very thankful for that background. Well, when I was 10 years old, my family moved to the town of North Platte. To us, that was like the big city. It was really by that point that I just felt like there's something different about my life. I just felt very different than the rest of the boys. I felt like I never really fit in with the rest of the boys. There's just something different about me. I didn't connect at all with my dad, my brother. I connected much better with my sisters, my mom. And so there's just something inside of me that told me that something was different, but I didn't know what yet. Shortly after my family moved to North Platte, my parents got a divorce. And so that was just a very difficult time in my life, my family's life. My dad had been having an affair, and kind of the whole town knew about it. It just was a very difficult time in my life. 
after that, my parents actually got back together 17 times. And so 17 times, my dad actually moved back into the house with us. And every time it didn't work out, and my mom would kick him out. And it was just a three-year period of mass instability in my life. I was just hurting through that. I didn't know how to process that. And to make matters worse, it was during the beginning of that time, I was about 11 years old, that I really started to struggle with same-sex attraction. I was in junior high, so kind of at that age where it's confusing for everybody. And my friends were all developing feelings towards girls and women, and I wasn't. But I started to feel this attraction towards men. And I was just very confused by that. I didn't know why I was having these feelings. I grew up in these rural churches where it seemed like homosexuality was always presented as the one unforgivable sin. And so I just felt a lot of shame and guilt over these feelings that I was having. I didn't want them, just they were coming and they were getting stronger. And I was just consumed with shame and guilt and confusion. Well, about age of 13, these feelings were just getting stronger and starting to consume my mind more and more and more sexualized all the time. Well, my family had quit going to church about two years earlier when my parents got a divorce. But I kept going to youth group, and so I went to my church youth group every Wednesday night. And when I was 13, I thought, well, maybe I could talk to a youth group leader about it, get some help, so maybe we'll talk to a youth group leader. Well, one night at youth group, before I got up the courage to talk to a youth group leader about this, there's an incident that really changed my life. I was sitting there with about 30 other youth group kids, and the youth pastor made the comment to the entire group. He said, I wish all homosexuals would die. That comment just felt like a knife to my chest. I had never acted out on these issues. I'd never been in a relationship. It was just feelings I had, but I felt like he was speaking directly to me. And so I actually went home that night. I came very close to ending my life. I thought that if it's God's will for all homosexuals to die, then I guess I will. We always had guns in our house because my brother hunted a lot. So I loaded a gun that night, and I was just about to take my own life when, by the grace of God, my mom walked in the front door, and I heard her open the front door, and so I heard her put the gun away. That was just the start of a downward spiral in my life. I instantly just built a wall around myself where I said, I can't let anybody in. I can't let anybody see who I truly am. I started a very strong distrust towards Christians. I never went back to church. I never went back to youth group. I thought that Christians were the most hateful, judgmental people in the world. I was just very hard-hearted and bitter towards Christians and towards God. And my whole life became built around just putting on this image for people. And I did a very good job of it. Going into school, I looked like the perfect student. I was happy. But on the inside, I was just confused and hurting and just question myself, like, what does this mean? Am I gay? Am I homosexual? What does this mean for my life? I really wanted to be a Christian, but I thought that I can't be a Christian if I struggle with this issue. Shortly after that, I really started to struggle with uh, some sexual addictions. I discovered online pornography. For me, online pornography was more than just a sexual addiction. To me, that was my community. That was where I could find people to connect with that had the same feelings as me. They understood me. They didn't judge me. And it was all in just this world of darkness, but that's the only place where I felt like I could connect. So going forward through high school, it felt like a pendulum of emotions going back and forth. There are times when I said, I just need to accept the fact that I'm gay and 
that that's the way that I was created and that's just the way it is and I need to accept that and be happy. But then there's times when I try to walk away from that because I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to follow Jesus. So I just say, all right, I'm just going to pretend like that error of my life isn't there. I'm going to just make it go away. And that would usually last for about, you know, maybe 46 minutes or something. And I'd be completely back into it and like, all right, I guess I can't do this. I guess I'm just gay. And then I'd be very angry and bitter towards God because I believe that homosexuality was a sin, but it felt like I was just created this way. And so I would be bitter towards God and angry and say, all right, how could a loving God create me in a way that's going to condemn me to hell? And that's just some of the emotions and feelings I was going through. Just like I said, it's like a pendulum going back and forth. Just all these feelings of wanting to be a Christian, being angry towards God, hiding who I was, and yet trying to fulfill these desires that were just getting stronger and stronger. And so as I got in high school, I just felt the pull towards the gay lifestyle more and more sexually, emotionally, and I eventually started to experiment in relationships and with physical hookups with people. And part of it was great. Part of it was like, this is what I always wanted. This is what I long for so much. But I just always had this deep feeling inside of me that there is something not right about this, that this is not the way I'm supposed to be. And I'd walk away from every relationship and every encounter and just think that did not fulfill in me what I wanted it to fulfill. That did not make me feel loved like I needed to feel loved. And I was getting deeper and deeper into the gay lifestyle. I just still had this in the back of my mind that there's something better, there's something different. This isn't the way that this is supposed to be, but I have no choice. This is just the way I am. I have to live this out, and I have no choice whatsoever. That's really where I was through the rest of high school, very hurting and confused, living this life that I didn't really want, but thought that's just the way that I am. I graduated from high school in 2004, and I went to a small college in Nebraska called Shattern State College. And I went there because I got into their pre-med program where I was guaranteed a spot at med school. At this point, my life was all about my image. Nobody knew, my family, my friends, nobody knew about my homosexuality, my gay lifestyle. It was completely just a double life, and I was so consumed with image. On the outside, I had everything together. I was a great student, happy person. On the inside, I was just so confused and hurting and just wanting help, just didn't think that help could be available. I didn't think that God could love me the way that I was. Well, I pulled up to Shattern State College the first day. I pulled up to the dorms, unloaded my stuff, and I got in my car, and there's this guy standing there. His name was Brandon, and he offered to help me unload my stuff. Of course, I took him up on it, and he invited me to a ministry on campus called Crew, also known as Campus Crusade for Christ. I still had kind of this Christian image thing going on. I wanted people to think that I was a good Christian person. And so that first week on Wednesday night, I showed up to Crew, and it was really good. It was a pretty normal college ministry. There was a praise band and a speaker that came and shared a message, and there's about 100 students. I was just so hard-hearted and bitter. It's like nothing I heard from the front really impacted my life. I just thought that God's grace could not apply to me. I'm too far gone. I'm too much of a sinner. I need to fix myself. And obviously, I wasn't successful at that. And so God couldn't love me. So I was just still hard-hearted and bitter. But I showed up to crew faithfully for two years because I wanted people to think that I was a good Christian person. Well, nothing I heard from the front, the crew, really changed my life. But 
what did change my life were some of the relationships there, the relationships with guys like Brandon and a couple other guys. One of them's name was Lex. These guys just really started to pursue me from a spiritual level. They just became my friends. They started to do stuff with me. They just loved me and served me unconditionally. They would ask me spiritual questions about my life, and I had enough church background that I always had the right answers. I always gave them answers that I thought that they wanted to hear, but they could obviously tell that there was something wrong with my life that I, I wasn't being real about, but they still loved me unconditionally, and things like one night Brandon changed the starter of my car in the middle of the night in the dorm parking lot so I could get home the next day. And these guys were just relentlessly pursuing me, and over the course of my sophomore year, my life just started to get worse. I was more and more depressed about my life as I got more and more engaged in the homosexual lifestyle and accepted that as my identity. I felt more and more depressed and broken about that and in chains to it. I felt like I was literally a prisoner in chains to this life that I just didn't want. Well, my sophomore year, I went home for Thanksgiving and I seen my cousin, Chris, at home and she was asking me if I was involved with crew on my campus, and I said yes. She asked if I'd heard of a conference called Denver Christmas Conference. And I said, oh, yeah, I have some of my friends who are going. Well, it turns out my cousin Chris had gone to this conference about 20 years ago, and it changed her life. And so she got online and registered me and paid for it. And so I absolutely did not want to go to this conference, but I pretty much went kicking and screaming. I was enough of a people pleaser that I couldn't let her down. And so I went. And it was like most Christian things. It was good. There's great speaking and music. But I was still just so hard-hearted and bitter at that point. But there's one speaker who changed my life. His name was Mike Haley. And he gave his testimony about leaving the homosexual lifestyle, about how Jesus loved him just where he was at. And that just completely blew me away. I'd never heard anything like that before. I'd never heard a Christian say that if you struggle with that, Jesus still loves you. And he loves you just as you are. And I just went home thinking about that and dwelling on that. And my life didn't really change for the next six months. I went home that spring semester. And at this point, this issue had been the defining thing in my life for 10 years. My whole life had been built around keeping this a secret. And so I just didn't see how that could possibly change. And so I went home that summer after my sophomore year. I went back to my hometown of North Flat. I was running my business there. I did underground spring burst landscaping. And I hired a couple of my crew buddies to work for me, like Lex. And so they were working for me, and they were still investing in my life. And I hadn't really realized how God was using these guys to really soften my heart. In these guys, I seen a Christianity that I'd never really seen before. I didn't see people who were legalistic and judgmental and just hated people. I, I seen people who just loved people. They loved Jesus. And they were open and real and authentic about their lives, and that they were humble, and they talked about their own issues and how they're repentant of those. And in these guys' lives, I just seen Jesus at work, and I could see who Jesus was through their lives. Well, the middle of the summer, I believe it was the middle of June, I just came to my breaking point where I said, I just can't do this any longer. So I got out a notebook, and I wrote down a list of life options. I said, what are my options for life? And came up with three options. One is that I could just come out of the closet, look openly homosexual, and part of that sounded great. I'd be so freeing just to finally just accept who I am and just accept this and live it out and be open about it, maybe move to a place that's a little more accepting than, than Nebraska. But I just said I can't do that because 
I can't face the rejection I get from my family and friends. And option number two was just that I could just continue to live a double life. And I said, I just cannot do that anymore. It's just tearing me apart to keep this big of a secret in my life. And I, I just can't go on like this. And option number three was just to end my life. Those were the three options that I seen, and I just didn't see how to do anything else. So I couldn't do the first two. So I said, well, I guess my third one is the only option. And so I'm just going to end my life, and that's just going to be it. Well, I decided that before I ended my life, I want to tell one person. I just want to tell one Christian about my whole other life and see how it went. So I decided to tell one of the guys, Lex, who has worked for me. And so I tried to tell him a couple times. I could not get the words out of my mouth, and so I wrote him a letter. When I handed him the letter, we're in my stepdad's house, and I literally had a gun loaded in my room. If he rejects me, I'm just going to end it right now. But he also didn't reject me. Lux was amazing. He talked to me about God's grace and about how we all struggle with something and how my sin is no better or worse than his sin. And he's here with me to help get me through this, and we're in this thing together. And he was just amazing. And so the next three days, I could not get that out of my mind. I couldn't forget about Lex's response. And I kept thinking, that can't be Lex who loves me. That has to be the Jesus I see in him who loves me. And so having Mike Haley's testimony in the back of my mind, I gave my life to Christ about three days later. Previously, I had always called myself a Christian, and I prayed over and over again that God would just take the struggle away. You know, you hear the term, pray away the gay, and that doesn't work, by the way. And so I prayed over and over again, God, just take the struggle away, take it away, and he never did. But it had always been on my terms. It had always been my demands on God. It had always been me saying, okay, God, I want you to take the struggle away, but I don't want to have to tell anybody, and I should instantly be attracted to women, and this is what my life should look like. And so it's always been my demands on God, but for the first time, I was at a place of surrender where I said, okay, God, I want to follow you. I trust that if you can do big change in my life, you can do it in my life. And I said, I don't care what it takes. I don't care who I have to tell. I don't care what it costs me. I want to follow you. And I was, for the first time in my life, at a complete place of surrender to the Lord. And that's really what Christianity is, is surrendering yourself to Him. And so I surrendered my life to Christ, and my life instantly started to change. I told a couple more guys, and so for the first time I had community where I could be real on a daily basis about what was going on in my life and these feelings I was having. I started to read the Word and read the Bible, and these guys were speaking truth in my life. I started to go to counseling and find websites and books and hear all kinds of other stories about God just redeeming people's sexuality and leading them into a different life. And I had hope for the first time. I want to just share with you one Bible verse that really gave me so much hope. It seems like it's out of 1 Corinthians 6. It seems like these first two verses I heard over and over again, and I turned them over again, but it seems like they're always pointing directly at the homosexual community and in a very legalistic and judgmental way to show that those people are going to hell. And it's 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. It says, Do you not know that the wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. So those verses should be taken very, very seriously. The sin should always be taken very seriously. But I'd always heard those 
from such a judgmental standpoint. And that summer, one of these, these guys shared with me the very next verse, first he walked and says, and that is what some of you were, but you're washed, you're sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And that gave me so much hope that 2,000 years ago, there were people who were homosexuals, and now they no longer are homosexuals because God changed them and he healed them. He washed them through the blood of Jesus. And I had so much hope now. And over the course of the summer, my life completely changed. I completely walked away from pornography. I walked away from the homosexual life. And, you know, I'd always pictured that change in my life meant that uh, this struggle would go away, that the same-sex attraction would go away. But that didn't happen at all. But what changed was my identity. God gave me a completely new identity, showed me that I'm not defined by my feelings. I'm not defined by the labels that society gives me. But I'm defined by the fact that I am his child who he loves, and I have salvation through him and life through him. So he gave me a new identity, and he gave me power over my sin. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to walk away from this life and choose something else. Even though I still had the same-sex attraction, I, God showed me that I have a choice every day that I can wake up and choose to live a life that's pure and holy and honoring to Him. My life completely changed that summer, and I went back to college that fall just being a changed person. I love Jesus. I started to do ministry there at Shadron State College. So I wanted other people to know that they have this type of relationship with Christ. And God just kept giving me these defining moments where He just healed a bit of my past, I always say that I picture God as a man with a hammer and and chisel, like the kind of this old carpenter. And he gave me these defining moments where he just take out that hammer and chisel and just chisel away a piece of the wall that I'd build around my heart. And sometimes those were moments where someone just loved me really well, where uh, they understood my past and helped me find some healing in that. I started to fall in love with God's church again and go to church and learn to love the church with its flaws and all. I started to be discipled by a local pastor. God started me down this healing journey of finding a complete new identity in Him and showing me that through dying to myself on a daily basis, He gives me life in ways I never thought possible. So that's been eight years ago. Uh, I've been in full-time ministry for the last five years. And I still struggle with same-sex attraction. I still have these physical and emotional longings. The the Christian life is all about dying to ourselves, and that's what I choose to do on a daily basis. And even though sometimes it's not easy, it's difficult, it's painful, I have to mourn the things that I'm missing out on. I know that I'll probably never be married, probably never be in a relationship. And I know that God could do those things. God could change my sexual attractions, and I know people who he's done that. And But that's not the goal. What really changed my life was when Mike Haley told me that the opposite of homosexuality isn't heterosexuality, it's holiness. God's given me this desire just for holiness and a choice to wake up every day and to choose Him over these feelings. And through that, I have just the most amazing, fulfilling, rich life I never thought I could have, even though sometimes it's still difficult and it's painful. But I have Christians in my life who come along beside me and help me through that. community who mourn with me when I'm grieving over my past and the things I wish I had, and they, they celebrate what God's done in my life with me, and they remind me of my true identity through Him. So that's where I'm at right now in my life. I don't call myself gay. I don't call myself straight. I know that I'm a child of Christ, that He loves, and He has given me a much better life than I ever could have experienced through being gay because He fulfills me in ways that He was meant to fulfill me. It's been a 
crazy journey, but God's been faithful and He's been great, and He just continues to pour His love and grace upon my life. The hope that I found as part of my ministry, I can help other people find that, that same hope and the same change in identity in their life. Thank you so much for being so honest and vulnerable with our audience this morning. One thing that I think is always important to remember when we talk about this issue is I don't think any temptation for anyone ever just vanishes. I don't know a man alive that's straight that says, I never deal with lust or I never deal with greed. All these different things really epitomize our own selfish humanity. And that's, like you said, exactly what Christ came to rescue us from. So I know that even when those struggles persist, every day our Savior is walking through that with us. And it's so encouraging to hear you sharing that hope with the audience this morning. It's a privilege to be able to share that with you guys this morning. So what would you say to someone that's listening right now who is struggling with some of the same feelings, same thoughts, Maybe they're coming from a similar background. Maybe they're coming from the opposite end of the spectrum, but they have these same questions in their mind. What would you tell that person that's listening right now? I want to tell you that Jesus loves you, and he created you, and there's nothing that can ever change that. He wants to have a relationship with you. No matter where you're at in your sexuality, Jesus longs to have a relationship with you, and he, he is the answer. He's the only answer. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So just know that no matter what you've done, no matter whether you've accepted the, the identity in life or you're fighting that and you don't want that, know that Jesus loves you. And know that you have a choice that through the power of the Holy Spirit, even though it's not easy, we have a choice over the way we live our life. We can die to ourselves on a daily basis. And every day we get a chance to start over. And that choice and that freedom is available to you, too. If you're listening this morning and you're there and you're saying, I need Jesus, he says that he loves you and that you and I and Brady are all sinful, whatever our sin may be, that is our natural human condition. Sin doesn't mean you do a certain type of bad thing. It means you're separate from God because you're imperfect and he's perfect. So all of us are sinners, whatever our struggles are. And the Bible says that Jesus, God in human flesh, came and lived a perfect life on this planet and that he died on the cross to take your sins, my sins, Brady's sin, all of our sin on himself, paying for it, dying the death that we deserved to give us a life that we did not deserve. And he says that anyone who puts their faith in him, receiving the gift that he offers them, will be adopted into his family, forgiven forever, guaranteed a life of meaning and purpose here in this life and an eternity with him forever. If you're there, if you're saying, yes, I want to take that step today and put my trust in Christ, you can do that right now through prayer, simply saying, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are and that you can offer me what you promised me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again to guarantee me eternal life with you. I ask you today to forgive me and to come into my life as my Savior and Lord. Thank you. The Bible says if you took that step this morning, he truly has adopted you into his family, and you can be secure in the relationship that you have with him. And I would ask you to keep growing, get involved in a local church this morning. You could go to godsolutionshow.com and see a list of local churches and the times and places that they meet, and it'd be a great place for you to keep growing. There are also other ways that you could keep growing, especially if you're struggling with some of what Brady talked about today. Brady, how would you encourage 
our audience to keep growing, especially if they've dealt with some of these same issues? Yeah, I mean, if these are issues you deal with, I would love to communicate with you, to, for you to contact me, to point you to resources and help you maybe find some community in a great local church. You can connect with me. I'm just about to launch a new website for my ministry that should be up uh, in a few days, just bradycone.com. That's B-R-A-D-Y-C-O-N-E.com. You can connect with me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash bradycone. When we make those decisions, we need to tell someone, and we need to do it in community, and we weren't meant to live out our faith alone. And so I would just love to connect with you. So shoot me an email at bradycone at gmail.com connect with me on Facebook, and I'd love to help you figure out what the next step in your life looks like. Well, any last words for the audience? Thank you for listening, and just know that Christ loves you and has a plan for you, and I walk away from homosexuality because God has a better plan for life, because He loves us so much. He has something so much better for us than we could possibly imagine. So with that said, just thank you very much for this opportunity to just share my life with you. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on The God Solution. You can get this interview at godsolutionshow.com. You can get it at godsolutionshow.com. And I'd love to know what you think. Please leave us any comments while you're there. Thanks again, Brady, so much for being on The God Solution this morning. Absolutely. Thank you, Nate. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Remember, an open mind, honest heart, humble disposition, and diligent search always lead to Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great Sunday afternoon. I got a strong God's